Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That, that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets. Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. Your ticket is $26. Your Your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web, authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. edition of the O Show. We uh, Donnie Finkel making his Belly Up Sports debut. He hasn't written, he hasn't podcasted yet. He's a guest throughout the entire postseason. Donnie, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jack. Thanks for having me on, man. Anytime. It's finally great to have a Yankee fan in Belly Up Sports, let me tell you. Heavily based NFL and NBA people. Jared's a Diamondbacks fan from Connecticut. <laughs> So it's kind of refreshing. It's very refreshing. Yeah, it's very refreshing to have another diehard Yankee fan like myself. Um, so we're basically going to be doing review podcasts after, after every postseason game. If you're down for it, obviously we have lives, so maybe not every game. Yeah, for the most part, we should be able to do most of them now. But game one was tonight. We're going to recap Yankees-Twins. Astros-Rays got underway. That series out in Houston at Minute Maid Park. But let's recap Yankees, Twins. It's why we're here. Yankee fans, the biggest Yankee fans at Belly Up Sports. We are so confident about game one that we are recording this before the game even ends. It is in the top of the eighth inning. They're up 10 to four, looking like they're going to win game one, continue the pattern of just kicking ass against the Minnesota Twins. What did you like from James Paxton to start out? To me, 
I just want to get this off my chest right away. The first thing I saw uh, when James Paxton threw that first pitch tonight, there was like eight empty seats behind home plate. Like, what the hell? This is, this is postseason baseball at Yankee Stadium, and there's <laughs> empty seats. I think they filled yeah. out towards the end, but you noticed that too, right? Like right behind home plate? Yeah, I mean, it was a 7 o'clock start. Normally, if it's a 5, I understand people are coming home from work and trying to get out of work or, or whatever. But a 7 o'clock start, it should be, you know, everybody should be there. You know, I mean, if you saw, you know, obviously you saw in front, you saw uh, Adam Sandler was in front and uh, behind home play. Yep. I believe Pope Mike Francesa was over there, too. Jimmy um, Fallon's there. Yeah. It's a star-studded event. Back, but, yeah, I mean, I was surprised to see that there was a couple of uh, empty seats there for... You know, game one of the postseason, and this is a game. This is a series that you can't take lightly. Um, not at all. Up, up six runs. I think it was Michael K who said that these are not your father's twins. Like the Yankees have beaten the Twins like their last nine postseason appearances, yeah, and it looks uh, like it's going to be ten. Because everybody keeps saying that it's a narrative that's going to come out, and everybody's going to keep talking about it. But you're right. The Twins did 307 home runs this year, one more than the Yankees. You know, semantics, but. You know, I mean, Barrios didn't have it tonight, and, you know, I'm honestly I'm a little afraid about Arizzi. He shut us down twice, I think, during the regular season, one at Yankee yeah. Stadium, one at Target we Field. Him a lot, like, you know, going back to his time with the Rays, too. So I, I just wanted to get that uh, behind home plate thing off my chest. Another thing I kind of wanted to talk about, I'm hoping you're going to back me up on this, because I know he's, like, an acclaimed broadcaster in the media. He's been doing it for 35-plus years. I don't think Bob Costas has it anymore. He missed a lot of big calls tonight. You know what's funny? So I actually was reading on Twitter before. Uh, somebody was saying how uh, Costas basically was, t- you know, said a million times about how the game is, you know, this is a 2019 game, a lot of home runs, a lot of pitching changes, rah, rah, rah. And it's just like, yeah, man, we get it. Like, I, you know, like everybody always likes to break the MLB's chops about, like, you know, not growing the game the right way. Like having the game on MLB Network is one thing. But having Costas and Smoltz do it, who are two old school guys. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I would have preferred Matty V. Matty V's not terrific either, if you watch him on ESPN. I like him, but I mean, I'm with you. Costas is, uh, he's old. You know, he might still have some uh, holdover from that pink guy a couple years ago, too. Like, I really noticed it during that call when uh, Glaber Torres, it was bases loaded one out. Uh, They were down, I think, two to one in the third inning. And I'm like, do not hit it on the ground. Do not hit it on the ground. Do not hit it on the ground. He hits it on the ground first pitch. Looked like a for sure Five four six or five four three inning double play, and Costas was just like he dropped the ball. The Yankees are going to tie the game, and then about ten seconds later, while everybody's celebrating, he's like, "Oh, and they actually took the lead. It's three to two. And there was like no excitement in his voice whatsoever. Yeah, you will. I'll tell. I'll tell you this though. You're lucky you weren't listening to Sterling because as much as I love John, foul ball for Judge. I literally pulled into my driveway. I'm freaking out. I'm like, "Let's go!" And then he's like, "Oh, it was a foul ball." And I'm like, I was like, I'm like, are you kidding me? That's so, vintage you know. John Sterling, though. You gotta wait like 20 seconds after some of his I calls. I remember Gardner hit a home run in Cleveland, I think last year, or the year before, and Sterling's like, that one's drilled to deep right, but it's gonna go foul. And about 10 seconds later, he's like, oh wait, it hit the foul pole, home run, <laughs> it's a guardy party. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> like I said, it was just, you know, I think it was just the magnitude of it. Like I was racing home to get. To get it, get in front of the TV, you know, and, and uh, you know, like, like I said, you know, you're right, it's Sterling. You know, I should know better. <laughs> and uh, his counterpart, Susan Waldman, not much better. It's about time that uh, two people take over. I don't know if I want a guy like Ryan Rucco taking over on radio. Oh, 
Baruka, my guy. I don't think he, I don't know if he'll be able to do the radio because he's got so much going on. Yeah, I think he's running for K's job eventually. He's definitely primed to take over for K. I don't know when K's going to end. Obviously, the whole, the whole voice thing this year, maybe it cuts a few years off the end of his career. But yeah, I've never been a big K guy either. I think it goes back to being a big, I'm a big Francesa guy. So I used yeah. to be a huge Michael K guy growing up. I broadcast for my uh, college out here at Grand Canyon University. Uh, I wanted to become a broadcaster because of Michael K. And then I saw him on the Michael K show when that simulcast came out on the S Network. I'm like, this guy's an ass. It's, it's so goofy, and I can't stand Peter <laughs> Rosenberg either. He's such a fraud. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if you follow Barstool at all, but yeah. a few years ago, he uh, he basically started talking shit about Barstool for no reason at all, completely on like you know, on uh, completely just out of the blue, and it turned out that he was just like just basically like he he was just being an idiot basically. Yeah. Like, he's mad. He, he would he, like backtracked on everything that he said and like. First of all, he's just a moron in general. He's not a. He, he's. Fine. I'm sure he's fine with his, you know, rap stuff. But as a sports guy, I don't think he's that good. So I think as he would put it, he's Maj. That, yeah, that's a Rosenberg he, word. Yeah, he's he's not like I said. He's just not great. Um, you know, I, I just like I said, I'm not a fan. I, I'm not a fan of the guy. I'm not a fan of the people that are like, you know, they throw shit out there just because they think they know it's going to get clicks and they know it's going to get you know a reaction. And I think that's what Rosenberg does, and I think that's what K does to a point too. So, let's talk about the game, though. So, yeah. Paxton, you like what you saw from him to start? I thought the 3-2 hanging curveball to the first batter got him off to a great start, and then the home run from Polanco kind of put a dumpster fire feeling on top of it. They went down one nothing. Then, of course, the Nelson Cruz homer in the third wasn't looking too good early. I have a few Minnesota Twins fans that I'm friends with that are texting me, like, uh-oh, uh-oh, DJ drops the ball in the second inning. Like, yep. what the hell is that? DJ LeMay, he's basically playing first base for his defense, and then that happens, and I'm like, it's 2-0 in the third inning. What are the chances they put together a huge inning and then never look back? I mean, it is the Twins. And then, of course, Edwin Encarnacion. You mentioned the judge foul ball. Encarnacion hit one to freaking Tucson, Arizona, down yeah. the left field line. Hits, the, hits two doubles, hit a double in the first, then the RBI double in the third. And then, like I mentioned earlier, the Labor Torres ground ball on, like, inning-ending double play, exactly what I feared. And then they dropped the ball at first base, two-run score, and they really haven't looked back. I know Paxton ends up uh, giving up the lead. They tie the game at three in that fifth inning, but then, of course, they come storming back. Glaber Torres, the two-run double. And then, of course, we saw Guardy Party in the sixth inning, DJ LeMahieu with the home run. So not to take too much away from it, but what do you think of Paxton, like, going into this game? So... I, I liked what I saw from Paxton. I did. Um, he was pumping fastballs. He was using his curveball a lot more, which they talked about a lot yeah. in the broadcast. How they said that he was uh, he want they wanted him to use his curveball a lot more. He used it. He looked good enough where he probably, if it wasn't for the fact that they had such a dominant bullpen, that he probably could have gotten out of that fourth inning uh, or the fifth inning. Excuse yeah. me. Um, so I like I said I liked it. I liked what I saw from him. He didn't completely implode. I was worried about it because you never know with a guy pitching in Game One of, of the, the the division series for the Yankees when he's never pitched in the postseason before. Not to mention that he got hurt last week in Texas. Yeah, like, literally like, right before he's about to start, he's won like his last eleven starts, something insane like that. And then all of a sudden, he goes down like the last thing you want to see from the Yankees, which they've been doing all year, is getting hurt. <laughs> exactly, and if that was the case, it's the next man up. It's the same mentality we've had all year. But you know, I mean, look, it's looking good right now. They, uh, 
Jay Happ or uh, Larry Rothschild just went out to go talk to Jay Happ, so that's not great. But he's got two two outs here in the uh, top of the eighth, so hopefully he can get out of it at least. Yeah, I got good news for you. Good news for you, Donnie. You just struck out uh, Scope in the inning. He's out of the inning. Scope worries. Scope worries me, wow. man. I don't know if it's because of his his uh, his Baltimore, Baltimore days. Yeah, he's always the type of guy that's going to be able to give you a big hit. I don't know. You're back east. I'm out west. Yet I'm getting the game earlier than you are. That that's a first. I don't you, know. I, it's weird. So like, my I'm dog sitting for my aunt. She doesn't have MLB, MLB Network, but they have. They're giving you like a free like night or whatever. Yeah. Um, for the people that don't have it in this area, so I don't know. Maybe it's on, on like a delay. Or uh, usually, it's the East Coast gets like at least like ten minutes before me. I'll be watching some close games in the ninth inning throughout the regular yeah. season. I'm like, all right, they're rallying. They're down by one. I'll get a text from my dad. Tough loss. We'll get them tomorrow. I'll be like, okay, uh, <laughs> time to go to the gym. Day's <laughs> over. No, but uh, Paxton, what, four and two-thirds? He struck out six or seven? Yeah, he, yeah, four and two-thirds. And I'll, I'll, look, I'll look at his, uh, his stats right now. I know he had at least six going before he gave it up to Ottavino. And then Ottavino only faces Nelson Cruz. So Ottavino is going to be fresh for tomorrow because he yeah, only faced so, one battery. I think he threw like eight or nine pitches in that at bat to Cruz. Oh, so yeah, Ottavino threw eight pitches. Uh, Paxton struck out eight. Only had one walk, which is good, too, because yeah. obviously, you know, and, and he only gave up five hits, uh, which, you know, again, are all are all good signs for him to come back and possibly if we need him in a game four or, game, or, uh, or I should say game five. Uh, hopefully we won't need him in a game five because hopefully we'll be able to knock him out and less than that knock on wood. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I think he pitched well enough to show me that he can, he can pitch again in this series and, and dominate, really, you know, if we need him to. But, the pro- like I said, you know, with the dominant bullpen that we have, you know, it's they're on a shorter leash than uh, other oh, yeah. teams would be. And obviously everybody thought the offense was going to show up, and it did. Yep. Barrios with, I think he came in with a 3.680 ERA, and then yeah. over 5, yeah. I think it was over 5.35 ERA in August and September. So you knew he was going to struggle. They even, Costas even said it on the broadcast, this was one of the bright things I think he said all night was uh, Barry was talking to the media before the game. He's like, yeah, I'm not nervous at all. And then he, like, threw up in the trash can walking back to the side <laughs> door in the media room. He's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. He obviously wasn't fine tonight. If he wasn't nervous, then he's nervous now because his team's about to go down 1-0. They're in the bottom of the eighth now, 10-4 Yankees. The Twins have basically gotten LeMahieu tonight. That's the way I'm going to put it. DJ LeMahieu with four RBIs. He had the home run solo shot and then the three-run double to put them up 10-4. Yeah, he's got three hits tonight. I believe he's three for five. Uh, yeah, three for five, four RBIs, uh, two runs scored. Obviously, like you said. Uh, I mean, listen. I'll be honest with you. I so for the people that know me, know me that I like guys who hit the ball. You know, like yeah. I don't. I, I as much as I enjoy the home runs and all that other good stuff, I enjoy a guy that hits three thirty over anything else because. Guys like that are going to perform in the postseason, and you're seeing that tonight with LeMahieu because he's such a good goddamn hitter that, yeah, he, he you know, parked one 435 feet or whatever it was because the pitch was right down the middle. But, you know, he also roped one down the line and, you know, opened this game open. Blues, or Blues gave open, I'm sorry. Yeah, and he was, like, obviously team MVP hands down offensively and defensively, you could say, yeah, for the entire season. I'd say, like, towards the end of August and most of September, he really didn't have it. Like, he was not the same DJ LeMayu at the plate that he was all year. Ends up losing the batting title. Lost the batting title to Tim Anderson of the White Sox. 
but if three hits tonight, four runs batted in, if he's back and ready to go at the top of that order with Judge, who's always consistent in the postseason, I feel like, after that abysmal performance against the Indians a few years ago, um, then you got Stanton. Here's the other thing I kind of wanted to touch on in that first inning. Stanton's first at bat again. Nobody really knows what to expect from him. Struggled in the postseason last year. Didn't play at all this year. Uh, gets ahead in the count 3-0. Two runners in scoring position, down by one in the first inning. Terrible 3-0 swing. Terrible approach there. Inside pitch breaks his bat and then frolicked down the first baseline because he's still afraid. Of, I think it was his hamstring, that final injury, or his ankle. Yeah, I think it was a hammy or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, the first at-bat, you know, swinging 3-0 is not great. Uh, you know, I know that Boone's giving these guys pretty much, uh, you know, the, the green light whenever they want to at this point because of the way that they've scored so many runs. But that's not great. I got to give Stanton credit, though. He did have three walks tonight. He showed a lot more yeah. play discipline, which is, you know, the, the Twins, you know, like everybody else, they have the book on Stanton. You throw him a slider outside and away, outside and down, and he's going to swing at it. And he did it he, three times. They threw multiple sliders outside, and he just spat at every single one of them. So that's a good sign going forward for him. That was the one thing I was going to bring up. It, it became so apparent even last year's postseason against Boston I was in game four, I think, last year against Kimbrell. I'm like, I know the exact sequence that's coming up. It's going to be slider away, slider away, fastball up and in to brush him off the plate, and then he's going to go back to the slider away. So, yeah, great discipline tonight from Stanton. I mean, they threw that pitch, I think, three times in a row. He was down on the count 0-2 in one of those walks. Laid off it three times and then took the walk. I mean, you take that all day with Stanton. If he's not swinging a hot bat, just get on base. Because this lineup is so deep. I mean, Gary's hitting seventh tonight. Gio, who hit over 20 home runs, 333 all season long, is hitting ninth. Yeah, and that's and with Luke Voigt on the bench, too. With Luke Voigt on the bench, and, and uh, obviously Cameron Maven had a solid year, too. He came into the game, the pinch run for uh, John Carlo, which I think we're going to end up seeing a lot him, between him and Tyler Wade. Uh, yeah. I think Tyler Wade's going to have a big... Uh, He'll come up in a big spot, you know, steal a couple of bags and maybe, you know, uh, score a run that, that we may need, you know, coming up in the next couple of games here. Now, he got hot towards the end of the year. You, are you a fan of Tyler Wade? I was a big Clint Frazier guy. I'm a fan guy. of Tyler Wade. He's the most handsome man in baseball. That is fair. I never really have taken that into con- consideration, Donnie. But, yeah, he's not, uh, he's not half bad looking. He's, he's very handsome. He's one tasty dish, I might add. I'm, I'm more of a Clint Frazier guy, though. I know his defense is abysmal. I mean, both in New York and in Scranton, I think that became apparent throughout the course of the year. Better overall hitter than Wade, though. I, I don't think Wade's ever been able to figure it out at the big league level. No, he started to show it a little bit, like you said, in, in September. He had, a, you know, he had a home run, pimped it, you know, looked nice. He had a couple of hits here and there. Uh, you know, but the reason why he's on the team right now is because of his defense and his speed. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm a big Clint guy. I'm 100% a big Clint player. Not a big deal. Tweeted at me a couple years ago, said we were best friends. You know, so naturally, one of my favorite players now. But I think he's a goner at the end of the year. I think that there's been too many, uh, too much shit going on between him and the organization. He's a good, too, too good of a trade piece not to use. So, Which is a damn shame. Clint Frazier, actually, Osho podcast alumni right there, had him on a few months oh, yeah. ago. So we're both kind of buddies with him. Oh, there you go. We gotta have him on one more time, maybe over the winter. Because any like I've listened to a couple of podcast interviews that he's done. He seems like he's a pretty chill guy, but oh, definitely know. laid back. Just talk about his cleats. He'll go on for about ten minutes. Oh, I'm sure. I, I only had like five minutes in the clubhouse in Scranton. I did a a couple of stories with him and Ryan McBroom, who's now gone all of a sudden. 
I, I noticed on his Instagram page, he's like, big league debut in Kansas City. I'm like, when did they yeah, trade him? They him for like cash or something like that. So I remember seeing that. He was yeah. a decent prospect in their system too. Yeah, he wasn't bad. He just he's a first baseman, so you know he's they've unfortunately unfortunately now considering what the you know the black hole that was first base for how many years, they've got plenty of first baseman now. Yeah, including uh, Edwin Encarnacion, obviously the DH tonight. He's yeah, Ed- first game back in three weeks, and he's been awesome. Two doubles, like like he never left. Yeah, well, Eddie's a pro. Eddie's a pro. He's gonna be you know he's he's been in the postseason a million times. Obviously, he had the. The walk-off home run for the Blue Jays uh, against the Orioles, <laughs> that infamous game that Buck Showalter did not bring Zach Britton into the game. Uh, you know, I think believe that was was that a wild that was a wild card game. Right? Yeah, it was one and done. Yeah, that was you only make that mistake once, Buck. Yeah, and he hasn't been in the uh, hasn't. Oh, is he gonna walk the parrot here? No, no, the wind took no. it in. It's windy. Did I spoil that one for you too? Yeah. All right, you'll see in about uh, ten seconds, but. Oh, wow, we did take that. Yeah, fly out to right field. I thought that was way gone. You've seen that a few times in the season. uh, I had a good feeling about him before the the game today because I I was, like, thinking of, like, going through lineups and stuff like that before I found out about what the lineup was going to be. And I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about it, and I was thinking, like, you know, I really think that Eddie, and he ended up being hitting four. Uh, And I said that, I was saying, like, I really think that Eddie should be either three or four. Uh, I think that, you know, really – I mean, we were all breaking balls about, you know, Guardy being three and look what happened. So, yeah. you know, there's a reason why Boone's the manager and we aren't. But I think it's ironic Smoltz is in the booth tonight. They were joking about it in April when everybody went down and Gardner and Mike Ford were hitting three and four. Smoltz yeah. is laughing his ass off and here Brett Gardner is in their basically opening day lineup without Andahar, of course. Yeah. With Gardner as their three hitter. And I killed them for bringing Gardner back. I've never been a big Gardner guy myself. You know, I, I, I listen. Listen, he's a good Yankee. He's a scrappy, good player. You know, he's he's a you know bucking butt. He'll bust his ass for you and every and, and whatever. But he's just never been my favorite player. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because you know I've seen him strike out. You know, looking down the middle after fouling seventeen balls off of like a million times. Uh, and also because I'm a, I'm, I'm a big Clint Frazier guy too, and I wanted to see Clint get a shot. But Gardy's proven me proven wrong. Yeah, oh, you can't complain at all. I'm sorry, Gardy, for everything that bad that I said about you. Yeah, if you're listening, Brett, we, we think you're the bomb. Your bald-style haircut is better than ours. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, yeah. Let Brett bang. <laughs> Brett Gardner only had, I think last year was his only real down season. I mean, 2017, he had a good offensive year. This year, struggled early and often. Like, every time it seemed like he was striking out and asking the umpire, like, was that a strike? And he's like, yeah, it was. And then he just puts his head down and is like, fuck. Goes back to the dugout. And then August and September goes on a tear. It's like 15 home runs, him and Judge. Yeah, Ends with 28 home runs. He was uh, a, a, a well-recipient a a of, uh, of the juice balls, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I wonder what they're going to be like next year. You think they're yeah. going to get better? You think they're going to get worse? What's Manfred to have up his sleeve? It's, uh, you know, I mean, you know, they said that the games are longer this year than they were last year, so I don't know. You know, they're trying to get the, 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 the games to be shorter, which, in my opinion, is not the right, is not what they should be trying to do. They shouldn't be trying to shave off a friggin' minute here and there, you know, because it doesn't matter. The, the NFL is three and a half hours. The reason why people love the NFL, other than the fact that it's just straight up barbarian, you know, barbarian barbarian-ish stuff you know guys just knocking into each other because there's action for the most part you know if you in if you you know get rid of this launch angle bs which they're not going to do obviously but like you know if they just like put more emphasis on putting the ball in play 
maybe that's going to, you know, bring more fans. People, you know, actually seeing the ball put in play. I don't know. It's just me. I mean, nobody likes to see pitching. I'm, yeah. I'm positive nobody enjoyed watching Justin Verlander absolutely name the Tampa Bay Rays today. No, no, I didn't. I was hate watching. I was hate watching that game before I came into work because I'm terrified of that team and especially him. I mean, Tyler Glasnow was putting up a fight for the first five innings. He made one tiny little mistake to a very tiny man with a big uh, squint. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> tiny man with a big swing. Jose Altuve hit one over the train tracks. Uh, wasn't even close. Yep. That. Basically, they never looked back after that because Nate Lowe, the Rays' second baseman, made probably the biggest error of the game when he dropped that pop-up in the, I think it was the fifth inning, same inning as Altuve hit the home run when they were up 2 nothing. That scored two runs. So Tampa would have given themselves a chance there towards the end, down 2 nothing. They ended up scoring two runs in the game. That kind of changes, not momentum, because the Astros just took the lead, but it gives them hope from being down 2 nothing against Verlander going into the final three innings as opposed to 4 nothing, where you're like, all right, let's just wrap this game up. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and the fact that they were in they were in the game, too, against Verlander, they ended up scoring a couple of runs after he, uh, he exited, I believe. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that's a game that if you're Tampa, you got to try and capitalize. You have to win. And the, the, the Astros did what good teams do. They capitalized on other teams' mistakes. Which is something we don't want to see tomorrow. Game two between the Rays and Astros tomorrow. It's going to be Garrett Cole, another 20-game winner. I, I honestly didn't even check out uh, Houston's pitching staff stats until about three or four days ago when the anxiety started kicking in, like October 1st. Yeah. I'm like, Justin Verlander, 21-6. and six. Garrett Cole, 20-5. and Granky, 18-5. and five. I'm like, holy shit. I'm petrified now. <laughs> And we don't have home field advantage. We got to get to that point first. Knock on wood, if you're with me, if you're uh, John Gruden reference. Um, but you know, like I said, we got to get to that point first. But if we get there and they get there, holy shit! Bring on the beer. Uh, bring on anything that's going to help me get through these. This you know, seven hopefully seven game series, if we're lucky. Um, but yeah, no, I'm terrified of them for 100. I'm not terrified of Zach Greinke. He's a mental midget, but you know, the other two guys, 100. I'm a ter- I'm terrified of. I'm definitely not terrified of the Minnesota Twins right now. One out in the ninth inning. A very interesting call by Aaron Boone. Brings in Chapman with a six-run lead. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, Chapman's pitched like, like very little, like since like August. I think he had like eight appearances in, in September or something crazy like that. So I get it. You know, you're giving him. You're gonna give him. He needs to get the work in. Uh, you know, I would imagine that they're gonna probably have to lean on Tanaka tomorrow for uh, some length. I would hope so at least, because I think if anybody's gonna be able to give you the length, it's Tanaka. He's he's basically El Duque 2.0, which you know he can have a completely shit regular season, but once the playoff come, playoffs come, he turns into an ace. So. Did you see that local ABC News reporter? I think uh, Hubs put it on the. Yeah, Short yeah, porch page. He uh, said, "Yeah, Hideki Matsui, not Masahiro Tanaka." Yeah. What a racist. That's just so bad. Like, how do you even like? Just, I don't understand how. I don't know. I don't no. know. I just don't understand how you can even like. Not how you can be reporting on something like that and not realize who's who. No, but to me, I think Paxton was the right call to go with in game one. I Absolutely. honestly, whatever way you go with Paxton Tanaka Severino, it works. To me, though. I honestly would have had Luis Severino throw in game two and Tanaka in game three. And here's why. Tanaka 
has the postseason experience. He's proven that he can win a postseason game on the road. He did it last year at Fenway, I think. And he's way more disciplined than Severino. Severino has only thrown in three games this year with his last game getting tossed around in Arlington against the Rangers, a very bad baseball team. So having Severino pitch at home against the Twins, at least you have the home crowd backing him up. Right? Yeah, he does. He play, he plays off the crowd. He definitely does. He's a high energy guy, and he plays off the crowd. The only reason why I disagree with you is I, you know, like hindsight's twenty twenty now because we're winning six. You know, we, we're up by six runs. We got our closer in, you know, and and whatever. But you know, going into the game tonight, I was completely in agreement with the guys. You know, saying having Tanaka be game two because you don't know what's going to happen in game one. If you lose game one, oh, Tanaka's your stopper. You know, you don't want if you know because just because I don't know what Severino's gonna do. You know what I mean? I'd rather go Severino. You know, at least at one one. You know, if nothing else, one one. You know what I mean? Now in this situation, now that we win, and it's like all hands on deck in the postseason. So you announce Paxton as your game one starter. What if you waited till the end of the game to announce? Game two and game three. I know that kind of puts a lot of more stress on Tanaka and Severino themselves. But that way, if you're up 1-0, you can save Tanaka for game three. Again, a lot more disciplined. He can pitch well on the road where you really don't know what you're getting with Seve. You don't even yeah. know if you can get five innings out of him. Hey, listen, if we if we can get five innings out of Seve in game three, and yeah, and no, I agree with you. If you know if they, if they were to do that, then you know I again, if we win this game, you know, knock on wood. Um, you know that would make more sense, probably. Like you, you know, like you said, to have Severino in Game Two. He plays off the crowd. He, you know, but again, at the same time, like you know, it, we did end up using a lot of our relievers tonight. You know, you don't know how much length Severino is going to be able to give you. I have more faith in Tanaka going out there and throwing seven, even if it's a grind for him, and you know, giving up two or three, two or three uh, runs or whatever. Right. And you know, Severino going out there and you know, maybe throwing a clunker and then your bullpen is complete trash for game three. And, you know, God forbid something happens with Tanaka. And to me, this series, again, great success against the Twins. Nobody's denying that. Even Twins fans have no confidence, even though they won 101 games this year. Losing 10-4, looks like they're going to lose this game. Chapman, again, knock on wood. That'll be the title of this episode, knock on wood. <laughs> knock on wood throughout the entire postseason. Absolutely. Um, I'm taking anything for granted. These Twins teams, like, they're a bunch of badasses. 101 wins. Obviously, they're not badasses tonight. They're just bad. But uh, if the Yankees, the Yankees have to win both games here, I think. Home field advantage was key in this series. If the first two games were in Minnesota here, it's a totally different ball game, I think. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, it's – there's team that the Astros, a team that won the World Series two years ago, literally said that they were, you know, a little nervous playing in Yankee Stadium because of how raucous the crowd was. So, you know, a team like the Twins that's pretty untested for the most part. A lot of these guys have not been to a play, been to the playoffs other than you know the wild card game a couple of years ago. So, you know, like you said, home field advantage is huge in this series. You know, I really, you know, if I really, if nothing else, I will. Obviously, I would love to go up 2-0 going into Minnesota just because, you know, like I said, you want to take advantage of the home home field advantage while you have it. Right. I mean, I have more than enough confidence that the Yankees will take one in Minnesota. If they, go, if, they, if they lose tomorrow, let's say Tanaka goes five innings, gives up three home runs, Nelly goes yard, Sano goes yard, 
Polanco, basically what they did tonight. I mean, they, they utilized that short porch beautifully tonight, both Cruz and yeah. Sano. Sano's, Sano's home run, even Bob Costas was like, are you, are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Like, that, yeah, no. what a wall scraper. <laughs> no, but... I know. The problem is, is that, you know, we can't even say anything because, you know, it's, it goes both ways because, you know, if we, st- if we start saying, oh, that's a bullshit home run, then the Red Sox fans and Twins fans and everybody else are going to say, see, you, li- you play in a little league park and blah, yeah. blah, blah, which, you know, like I said, everybody's playing, the, everybody's playing in the same park. We, you know, our home runs happen to go a lot further than the one that, uh, that Nelson Cruz hit. And obviously going into this series, Yankees twins, twins with 307, I think, on the year's home run wise. Yankees 306. Shattering yeah. last year's record, the Yankees at 267. What, what, we, what do we got tonight? Day. We got five home runs tonight. We got Cruz, Sino, Polanco, LeMayhew, and Gardner, right? So five? Yeah, five home runs tonight, yeah. So five tonight. Um, I'm gonna say tomorrow. So it's 10-4 Yankees tonight. I'm going with a uh, I think it's going to be a lot more high scoring tomorrow. Tanaka. Officially announced Odorizzi yet? They got it. They're going to be down one nothing. Odorizzi has a ton of success against the Yankees. Their game three starter is going to be that uh, guy they brought up from Single A this year. They can't go with him down one zero. Yeah, he Are you was crazy. Like their, uh, the minor league pitcher of the year for them, or something crazy. Is like Kyle that. Gibson hurt? Because wouldn't he go in game three? Yeah, I don't know. Because uh, kind of let me see what it says here. Because. I just because I remember them saying I remember somebody saying that uh, that that Odorizzi's coming off of an injury, so they weren't sure if they were going to start him in Game Two or not. That's kind of I mean, you win 101 games during the regular yeah, season. Do, I mean, though. make yeah, an so adjustment. They haven't, that they haven't announced anybody yet. But I'm going to assume that it's going to be Odorizzi. I mean, they're down 1-0. Odorizzi beat the Yankees twice this year. The only two losses against the Twins this year. Because of Jake Odorizzi, or at least he started in both games. I don't know if it was directly because of him. He scares the shit out of me. I'll be honest with you. Like I said, you know, because especially because he, you know, he he was in Tampa with it was yeah another team. AL East guy. But he knows the Yankees. He knows the stadium. He has. I don't think that he would be you know afraid to pitch here. You know, Bar- uh, Barrios. You know, the only other time he's pitched here in the playoffs was in '17, and he got shelled in the uh, wild card game. He didn't even start it. Uh, I think it was Irvin Santana, the immortal, or Irvin Santana that started that one. No, I think so. Barrios and Paxton, I think, both off the hook tonight as far as wins and losses go. I think they both get no decisions. Uh, yep. But Barrios now, that's four starts, four losses against the Yankees, as you're going to miss this. But Gary Sanchez makes the final out of the game. Yankees officially up 1 nothing in the ALDS. Yankees win. The Yankees win. So we're up 1 nothing. We're up one nothing. Stressful for me for a little while. There. Yeah, Chapman does the job. Does not make us walk on eggshells. That would have been bad. He tends to do that when he comes into large games like that, like up by six or seven. He like makes it interesting. Loads the bases. We don't have Dylan Betances on the roster this year. He can't walk the bases loaded and then strike out the side like a vintage Dylan Betances. Ah, but the Yankees get the win. Uh, I'm sure Jake Odorizzi's gonna start tomorrow because it's a must win yeah, for the sure. Twins on the road. Five o'clock start, I think. Yeah, five oh seven start. I will be. Uh, well, let's be. Uh, I'm going to be at a, uh, a an event tomorrow where there's going to be a lot of alcohol. So just call it a party, <laughs> Donnie. All right. It's not a. It's not a party. It's a. It's a, it's called Oktoberfest. It's like an Oktoberfest type thing at this brewery that I I, I live near. Oh, that's uh, at a brewery. It's basically a party. If it's yeah, not it's scheduled like, to be a party, it's going to turn into a party. Saturday night, booze. 
Yeah. I'm going to be drinking my double IPAs, hating my life until the game starts, and then I'm going to be, you know, walking on eggshells the rest of the night. And uh, will I uh, hear from you tomorrow night, game two recap at some point? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm 100%. I'm literally at walking distance from this place, so... Yeah. I'm probably gonna head, I'm probably gonna head out at some point when the, you know during the game depending on if they have it on at at the place. But yeah, no, we'll definitely do a recap tomorrow for sure. All right, Donnie and I are gonna try and get back to you guys tomorrow. We got on early today because the Yankees were just kicking ass early on, so we were afforded to get on earlier so we can get this out to you right away, right after the end of the game. This is the O Show presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. Check out all of our latest content and podcasts, including the Corner Booth with Jared Klim, which supposedly gets the most ratings. I don't know if he just says that. He's kind of a cocky asshole at times. Yeah, that sounds like Jared to me. Yeah. Well, we are also sponsored by TickPick, the number one marketplace in New York City that allows no hidden fees. You could buy tickets for $23, and it will be $23. Not like a a dollar and forty eight cent fee or like twenty five dollars shipping. It'll be twenty three dollars. I hate those added fees. Yeah, so you got to get a TickPick account. Uh, I'm about to download a TickPick account right now. And this is how we'll end this episode. We give away free tickets. We're gonna give away two free tickets to any postseason game this season. Honestly, it's gonna be a league championship series game this postseason. If you can predict the ALCS matchup. This year, whether it's the Rays and the Yankees, whether it's the Yankees and the Astros, which is presumably what it's hopefully going to be, or not hopefully, hopefully it's Yankees-Rays. That would be awesome. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't even want to take the race. You know, I don't want to play in the Trump. I just don't want to play in the Trump. I hate that stupid catwalk. That's going to, it's totally just going to screw everything up. So whether it's Yankees-Rays, Yankees-Astros, Astros-Twins, Twins-Rays, God, if it's Twins-Rays... Quinn's raised, just, you know, the MLB... Just give up, Rob Manfred. No, but if you can guess the teams correctly for the ALCS, you will receive two free tickets. All you got to do is DM us on Twitter and Instagram, whichever you prefer. You got Tom Ferducci interviewing DJ LeMayhew on our way out here, so make sure to do that. For Donnie Finkel and myself, this is Donnie's first ever belly-up appearance, ever. And he knocked it out of the park, just like the Yankees knocked it out of the park against the Minnesota Twins. So, with that being said, hit it, Hootie.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.